Hey what's up guys, English Dave here to introduce another Nerdy Bunch Rooftop Talk where we have a casual discussion about anything nerdy. This week Khan has joined me to have a discussion about sci-fi over the last 10 years. Though we've had some big hits like your interstellar arrival, there are a lot of small hits that people don't pay attention to. So we decided to have a discussion about those sci-fi films that didn't get as much love as they should have had over the last 10 years. So join us, sit back, relax, and as always, With the release of Ken, yes. I wanted to prove there's a lot, there's a lot better out there. Cause Ken sucked. Low budget or high? I don't think Ken, Ken sucked. Ken sucked. Um, it's terrible. If we're comparing it, so don't bother watching it. Okay. Don't, don't I mean, listen. there's there's different views just, here. Just it sucks. It's cool. It's terrible. We're still passionate. We love <laughs> sci-fi movies. So we both love sci-fi movies. We want to give have it a range. There's, cool. there's a lot of sci-fi doesn't get a lot of love as it should. Right. For various reasons, that could be its own podcast in it in of itself. It, it that's actually true. And uh, we should turn off the AC. Should we? Yeah, just because that noise is going to be. Real question: Have you ever seen a movie called I Origins? I Origins? No. Wow. Can you, can you? Actually, I'll grab it. Hold on. All right. You could always cut this out, dude. I Origins, bro. I mean, you have to be kidding me. It is. One of the most underrated. I mean, it's not sci-fi-esque, I guess, in a sense. Uh, I won't spoil it. You know, it's an emotional, romantic, like, very hintish of sci-fi element. But it's really well made. Um, Speaking of romantic, what was um, that movie with um, oh, shit, the time travel when they go through the closet? Is that with um, Rachel McAdams? Yes. Which one? She had Time Traveler's Wife and Not About Time. About Time. Richard Curtis. Yeah. This is the same guy that directed uh, Love Actually. Not to go into your earlobes, but now this is the same guy that directed Love Actually. He is actually really, really... Well, when, when did that come out? Which one? About Time? About Time. I think that was 2015. So we're about... Not 2015. Close to it, though. 2013, 2015, I would say. One of those two. 2013. Years. There we go. Yeah. So it's actually five results. So I actually think it's one of the best romantic. Domino Gleason. Domino Gleason. Yep. And I love that they have a whole scene in that film in the darkness because it's one of those restaurants where it's like a blind date in the darkness. Oh, Margot Robbie is in that. Bill Nye is in that. Yep. Vanessa Kirby, who was in the Mission Impossible Ghost Protocols, in that. Again, again, Richard Curtis. Yeah. He's the god of the Ro- European or British romantic comedy. And that that was a that was one of those really cool little sci-fi movies. Yes, that's. I mean, I wouldn't say it was sci-fi. I would say it would be romantic first. It just had a it sci-fi is. touch again, just yeah. like the previous film I mentioned. But but that's why I love sci-fi. I think sci-fi is one of those genres that is moldable within any other genre because you can you can right. add sci-fi to a different genre and put a different spin on it, right? Right. Which is I mean, but but that's the thing. I feel like people don't understand yeah. the fact that sci-fi films can actually turn out to be um really serious and really one way just with like touches of or, or hints of the genre. Yeah. Like sometimes you could watch these films and be like, "Oh my god, like this like about time. This is strictly a romantic movie. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's a sci-fi film. No, not even at though all. they travel through time, it's subtle. or whatever the case may be. It's, it's through like, a closet. You know, it's it's, it's exactly. not it's not some crazy machine with wires and buttons and all that kind of stuff, right? It's through a closet. Right. And that's what I love about it. It's just, it's subtle sci-fi. But it's right. you know, but 
that's that's just there to add a, a different layer to the romantic story. Right. You know, and I think it works really well. If you haven't seen that, highly recommended. No, 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 no. Uh, About Time would probably be the one of the only, I guess, romantic-ish films that have a, a sci-fi. I can't think of any more. Well, any sci-fi good ones anyway. There was that Justin Timberlake one. Oh no no! I like in time though. Yeah, I thought. Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't say that one was a romantic one. Would, I would you recommend say, it to watch? I would recommend it to watch just for the simple fact that I love the 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 idea of the fact that the currency was time, and you get to see that on people's like uh, forearms. You get to see the time currency run out, and I I think it was a dope idea sci-fi wise. But that's the thing, like that film for me wasn't a. It wasn't like about time where it was a romantic film first. For me, it felt like a sci-fi film first hmm. that had that whole hint of romantic behind it. But I still think of it as like a dope film, just not dope. I wouldn't say like it's like a classic or whatever the case may be in terms of like low budget sci-fi movies. But I would say it's definitely not a not one of the worst ones that have been released in the last ten years, hmm. especially for something be, being put out by Twentieth Century Fox. Like I, I, especially in that time period, I think that that film was actually a lot solid than than people give it credit for. Mm. I think if you rewatch it now, it would actually be a lot more okay than you would imagine it. I don't think it was that bad. Did you ever see Moon? With Sam Rockwell? Yeah. No. That's a really. Oh, and that's man. one of my. That's really one of my movie. most, like, why the fuck haven't I caught it? Like, I missed it. And I that, know that, that that's great. That's Duncan Jones, right? Yes. It's probably his best and, movie. And Really? I and, and I hear, wasn't it his first, I feel? It was his first theatrical oh, release. Oh, motherfucker. And I, and I really want to catch that film. I heard it's one of his greatest. And um, it's, it's really... It's crazy how I have it because I love Duncan Jones as a filmmaker. Yeah. And I, I feel like I've caught everything that's his after. Hmm. Um, and you Moon, haven't seen his best. And I've never seen Moon. <laughs> Moon is fantastic. Yeah, but movie. I love... Oh my God, but I love Source Code. Oh, Source Code is really good. That's another you one. See, that's yeah, another that one. That is another sci-fi that's another movie one. that's been really great. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yep. That's a nice little... Like, Source Code also for me felt like a cool... Like how a video game movie would be, the beats, how it plays, mm-hmm. it comes back, you know, like you can the play as Jake Gyllenhaal. Try character. again, try again. Oh, you failed. Almost try like again. An Assassin's Creedish. Yeah, but yeah. It's just done in the right way. I, I really like that movie. <laughs> I think that movie doesn't get enough credit. No, Source I think, Code. Source I, Code, because it's a great, it's a it's great, like one of the greatest sci-fi movies. Great sci-fi movie. Uh, ten years, I would say. Hundred percent. Um. I mean, everything about it is amazing. If, if I mean, I'm not going to go off much on it, but I, I just believe that Source Code is really one of the best sci-fi movies from the past 10 years. 100%. Everything about it, it's like you said, it's similar to tropes, the whole Groundhog, Groundhog Day is like uh, take on it. Mm. Where it's like, oh yeah, you're reliving the same day, but it's all done in a different aspect where you actually catch it. And you don't realize what's actually going on towards the end. They still find ways to surprise you, even though you've watched the movie several times. There's always hints in it. Mm. It has that Christopher Nolan effect. I a lot of replay value. I always feel like I can't talk about Duncan Jones without talking about um, Neil Blomkamp. I feel right. like they're, they, they're like of the same kind of school of sci-fi. And kind of they're still two directors who have a trajectory, a path that hasn't quite gone... As much as we'd hoped, but there's still right. there's still hope. 
you know, they haven't quite fallen right. off. They st- I'm still interested in everything they do. You know, Blumkamp, I think he's, st- he's still his most famous movie is District 9. Yeah. Right? Like, that was a great sci-fi movie. I mean, movie. I have it- a lot to say on, on that subject alone. <laughs> I mean, if we're really in the state of sci-fi right now, I just want to say, like, if... The thing is, the reason why they are the way they are is because we... I mean, or maybe them, but they have a reason for why they won't catch that one project that can Hmm. take them to the next level. Maybe they want to make it to the point where, oh no, we're going to do it off that one project I really like, or Hmm. that one project that I really believe in. Yeah, but they've had projects that... Nah, but I feel like they get offered a lot more. Yeah, but they've but look what okay just, what did just what did, imagine all right let what did Blancamp right. do after District Nine no but let me all his own let, stuff no let me just frame it to you this way what if like Blomkamp was offered the Batman film that Matt Reeves got or what if like you know what I mean what if like uh, Duncan Jones was offered a Jurassic World you know that's how it goes. Yeah, it's but, like they would be offered these films, but they rather take that hard road and actually, they rather take their time and be like, this is the one film that's actually going to get me there. As opposed to, again, Jay ba- Bayona, I feel personally, I don't know, you clearly haven't seen it yet. No. But Jay ba- Bayona on Jurassic World 2, and this is all kind of related, but Jay Bayona on Jurassic World 2, I feel like did an amazing job. And and actually making that 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 film feel separate from the first one and giving it his own tone and even though it was kind of sci-fi, she gave it a little intimate. He gave it his spin essentially, and that's what you got to realize. Like some of these filmmakers, they get the opportunity to do that to make their spin, but they just don't realize it, or maybe they turn it down in advance because they think too much of their autonomy will be taken over. Yeah, but then either way, where they're given, it's not like they're not doing anything when they're giving their own. Uh, a movie to work on it's never as strong as like the initial first bang, spark to in, it in that spark like again when they first see the project when, is like, what you're saying no like someone again like um, Neil Blomkamp after District, District 9, 9 yeah nothing ever came to that level same thing with Duncan Jones after Moon and Source, Source Code nothing else came to that level and he had a big franchise potential in um, World of in, Warcraft w- w- Warcraft because that was pushed I mean, as that Again, you know. it was pushed as that, but yo, even though we both aren't fans or have seen it as much, how many people we know or how many of the internet that we know is in love with that film and we're literally defending to the grave because it's apparently it's a solid take on the whole video game thing. Yeah, but that might be said, but it's still seen as a loss. Like right. We're not getting another movie in that franchise anytime soon. He's, oh no, you know, of like, course never. We're he's never not, getting that. He's not getting that big a okay, budget. Okay, but what about this? I didn't see the film he did for Netflix. That was the latest thing he did. So how did oh, you feel? I did see that. That was terrible. Mute. Yeah, Mute. Yeah. Was that was the latest film he it did. Was, it was terrible. And in fact, yeah. it's funny because funny Mute came and then um, Altered Carbon came. And just remind you. Because they had similar <laughs> tone. In terms of tone. Oh, word. Okay. And Mute Mute had no... no. That's actually a good example in terms of sci-fi. Mute had no... And this is one of my critiques with Ken. Mute had no business being sci-fi, because mm. the sci-fi, the sci-fi elements of like the same story could have happened if you take away the sci-fi elements, and so you're just throwing in sci-fi just to give it a cool aesthetic, but right. it just distracts from the actual story that you could have spent time telling. And that's I, I make a point in my review for Ken when I said if Ken was just about the brothers getting away from the, these guys, 
I would have preferred it. The sci-fi was just felt like an added thing, and it just took away from it, <laughs> from the better story. And that's what I felt about Mute. Mute was an absolute, something with absolute potential, absolute wasted of potential, so definitely avoid that one. Um, what's um, another good actually, one? Actually, we've actually been going in some movies from the last five years uh, inadvertently. <clears throat> I spoke about I I spoke about I Origins in the beginning, um, and then we ended up speaking about other movies such as The Signal. I mentioned briefly, or did I? I saw The now? Signal. I I wanted to like it more than I did. I think the concept was sound. Yeah, no, the concept was sound. It yeah. was just executed very yeah. badly, but yeah. visually, I like whoever the shot the fuck out of that film. He deserves a medal. It was very because raw. Yeah, the way that he shot that was actually very interesting. Yeah. Um, another 2014 film that we discussed was let me see. Hold One on. movie we discussed off off podcast was um, Battle L.A. Yeah, Battle of L.A. Oh, that I was think, more than five years ago. Yeah, but we said ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Battle right. L.A. doesn't get the credit it it should get. Like, I wanted sequels. I wanted sequels in different cities. Right. I think that was... Cool. Who was the guy in it again? Um, Two-Face. <laughs> Aaron Eckhart. Yeah, Aaron Eckhart. Yeah. Yeah, he, no. was, he did a good job. I enjoyed that movie. I thought the, the war aesthetic... I think it was a really cool, like... We've, we, we've had so many alien invasion movies over time, but I feel like none of them really show the military side of it. Where... You know, like, what is it like from the military point of view when aliens invade? Outside of, like, the superheroic character, like... Will Smith in 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 uh, Independence Day. You never see what's like the actual just like in the streets on Word. the ground. That was 2011. Wow, that film is. And I think that was really well done. Damn, for us to even think about that movie, that goes to show <laughs> that like really gem sci-fi movies do not come as often if we as we think they do. I saw that in, I saw that in theaters and I no, really I saw it. it in theaters as well. I saw it that opening weekend. I think I saw yeah. it like on a Sunday, but yeah. still, I felt like. I was watching something interesting. Yeah. And again, movies from 2011, Source Code, we just discussed. Um, another one is Super 8. Oh, my goodness. Super 8? Yeah. <sighs> Super 8 is amazing. That's more than 10 years, though. Isn't Super 8 it? is... 2011? No, it's not. We're still in the time. Yeah. Last 10 years. Uh, Super 8. Super 8, I feel J. J. like, is probably my only. favorite J.J. Abrams, like... Again, this is, ladies and gentlemen, J.J. Abrams' only original film ever that he's directed. I think it's my favorite J.J. Abrams movie. Wow. I would say Super 8. Yep. Hands down. interesting. Uh, Hands down. And I really like Mission Impossible 3. Right. I think Super 8. Super 8, like... No, no, no. I I agree. It's definitely... But but go for it. I think Super 8 doesn't get enough attention. And I think... If you like, if you really like Stranger Things, Super Eight was doing that before Stranger Things. Yes, I one. totally agree. And it, it was a really good homage to the Amberlynn Spielberg era of films, but told its own story. Story, and it was a very, right. and it was a very good sci-fi film where it was a story about these kids and their friendship within the sci-fi circumstance. Told, told from a period piece. As a period right. piece, right? Because it takes place in the eighties. In the eighties, correct. And it yeah, that was really interesting. I feel like that. I feel like when I went to see that in theaters when it opened, it was when I feel like I was watching one of the most interesting films. And it was I'd like seen in my life. It felt like J.J. Abrams' kind of love letter to film. Yeah, 
Because the kid is also a filmmaker. Right. And they're telling a story within that. Under the Steven Spielberg universe, which is which who obviously was running film at that point when yeah. little boys wanted to run around with yeah. film cameras. Like Steven Spielberg was that main filmmaker. He had already dropped Jaws. And he was, was that like exploratory. And it's playing with like the the, the, the like, monster aesthetic. The, the red scare feel of the Russians of the right. era. They're playing on top of that. <laughs> This is post Cloverfield as yeah, well, yeah. And they had the whole monster story. You know that as well. that could have been a, a Cloverfield movie. It could have been a Cloverfield movie. <laughs> I mean, you could, you could still say it, it was, you know, like Yo, you, you could connect. If it. that if that was a Cloverfield movie, they would have, yeah, right? maybe would have done better. Yeah, maybe. Wow, we're realizing a lot of things tonight, ladies and gentlemen. The vi- the visual effects of that movie, I, m- I remember. No, they're really, really impressive. They were all done by ILM. Really good. Industrial Light Magic did all of it, and that's obviously like he was down with ILM. So mm. when they did Star Wars, it was like, oh, why not? We haven't discussed Real Steel. Real Steel is dope. <laughs> Can I tell you, Raven? Loves no, 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 no. Real Steel. We all love Real Steel here, boy. I think Real Steel is probably Transformers done the right way. Real Steel. And there's no other way that Transformers films should be done besides the, the, the hefty way. Like, we're actually anticipating Bumblebee over here. No, all because I'm calling Raven. Movies like Real Steel are Raven, doing pick up well. The phone. We're only on 2011, Dave. We need to keep going. Pick up the phone. I want to see if she picks up the phone. All right, we need to do 30 more minutes without killing each other. Pick we got to do... God damn it, Raven. God damn it, Raven. Okay, let's talk about Real Still quickly first. Hugh Jackman is great in that movie, for yes. one. Um, the kid who's also in Iron Man 3. Yes. Is great in that movie. Yes, if that's the same kid, yes. Yes. And... <laughs> um... The robot is done really, really well. And the then it's world, probably Sean Levy's best film as well. Definitely for me, his favorite, his best film. His best film. And it's one of those films where it's the sci in terms of sci-fi. Because what what a good sci-fi film also does is makes you kind of feel that the sci-fi elements are real within their context. So like you believe that this world where robot fighting is a thing is real. You know, like it doesn't feel out of place. You know, and I think that. That's one of the greatest selling points about the film. That you believe, they, they straight away make you believe that. Yes. And even the, and then. Again, I would put that over the Transformers movies in terms of oh, believability so and so uh, execution and connecting and, 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 with and, and, the robot. Yes. Character connection with the robot. Yes. So the, the audience character connection with the protagonist. And, you know, funny enough, unlike Transformers, this movie actually doesn't try. To force a connection with a robot, no. it's just no. that it leaves you wanting. Is this? Is this? A, is there something inside it? Exactly. You no, know? exactly. That's what I love about it yeah. is that you don't feel that until the very end, yeah. where you get that hint. Yeah. Spoiler free. I mean, but yeah. No, but the, but the movie is great. It's because it's not about that. It's not about is it realism. No, and it's edited really it's about well. The fa- it's and about it, the father son relationship. Exactly. It's more focused towards that, and yeah. then the back the. Robot shit is just the background yeah. to all of it. But anyways. That's a great sports movie. A great you know, <laughs> and like, also a great sports movie. It is. It's actually a great sci-fi like, sports. Because of the boxing, like sci-fi bo- like robot boxing. Yeah, sci-fi you know. robot. Uh, it's like a rock and so sock and robot yeah. in uh in sci-fi form. But yeah, this is only twenty eleven, guys. 
And we're talking the last 10 years at this yeah. point. Um, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, 2011. Yeah. Science, science fiction I feel like, I feel like that, but, but, but all of you already know I, yeah, I, say, I think that that one got the love it deserved it was the next yeah. one that didn't get the love I feel um ask my first class um adjustment bureau adjustment bureau yeah that is another groundhog day s movie just like uh about time i feel it's a, based on a book written by philip k dick who wrote yes. who wrote pretty much every sci-fi film you've ever seen uh he wrote uh the book that would lead up to being blade runner Word. It yeah. was written and directed by George Nofi, who actually wrote uh, one of the Bourne films, or if not two of them already, or did rewrites on two of them. And that's another sci-fi film, like we, we've mentioned multiple times, is that we love sci-fi that has a, a, an aesthetic that doesn't scream sci-fi. Right. We love it when it's subtle. Yeah. Because like, they just wear these hats and the open doors. Again, you're not seeing like buttons and gadgets and wires and machinery you know like <laughs> it's yeah. not always the matrix either. no no <laughs> uh yeah that that film was really well done i love um adjustment bureau attack the block was another one from that year alongside battle la attack the block was one yeah that was like a, a sci- sci-fi like horror aliens attacking <clears throat> in that year. yeah that was like a sci-fi horror homage Type. George Cornish, where are you? We would love for you to make another film. We love, I love Attack the Block. I'm sure they love Attack the Block. And Attack the Block had a unique, um, I love that movie, it had a unique design for the actual creature. Yeah. You know, the aesthetic and the look. Really and different. It had a vi- different visual. Just very, 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 very fresh take. John Boyega. The whole aliens attack. John Boyega before he was John Boyega. Was the actually that was like his first film <laughs> yeah. that I ever saw him in. Yep. But so a lot of people wouldn't have seen him in that. It's one of those films where people that don't know him will look back and be like, "Oh wow, that was his first movie or first like big movie." That was definitely his first <clears> one. <throat> Remember when they asked him that question? They were like, "So what do you do to learn what you're doing?" He was like, "I watch Navarre." <laughs> <laughs> like too real. Paul was another one. Seth Rogen. Oh my God, Green Hornet. I don't know if that counts, but no, that's more superior. Contagion. Contagion. Do yeah. I like Contagion? We I talked about In Time, Captain America, one, no. Thor we're one. Not, we're not counting Marvel movies because they're already amazing. Cowboys and Aliens. Cowboys. Okay, here's my thing with Cowboys and all Aliens. All right, all right, all right. We'll let Dave have his time because we all know that's a flop. But Cowboys and Aliens was definitely a flop for Fabra. Um, <laughs> okay. One, I agree. It was definitely a flop, I think. But that also one, two, it was, that was around the writer's strike as well. So that was affected. Thirdly, it changed a lot from the comics to the book onto the movie. If it went fully with the comics, it could be a lot better. Fourth, I think personally, it is my favorite use of Daniel Craig because, and I wish Daniel Craig took more roles like this, like that kind of rough, gruff cowboy. Because mm-hmm. I think he really sells that. That kind of like, look, I could have seen Daniel Craig as the gunslinger. Right. You know, like he's in, in, in the Dark Tower as well. Like Daniel Craig has that grit to him that works as a cowboy and within that context. And I really love seeing that. And I like the idea of mashing. You know, we've mentioned other movies that mash sci-fi with other genres. And why can't you mash um, the Western with sci-fi? It can be done. It wasn't done well mm-hmm. in Cowboys and Aliens. I, I definitely agree. It was agree. done well in Book of Eli. It was done very well in Book of, Book of Eli. It was done well in Wild Wild West. Uh, <laughs> let's not go there. Anyways, so the Wild West is the best movie ever. Best movie ever. <laughs> right, when you're a child. But anyways, 
The next batch would be underrated sci-fi films from the next few years. Looper. Nobody has seen that. Oh, Looper. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis. That's a great movie. State of sci-fi. Great I feel movie. like one of, that's one of the greatest uh, time travel films that has come out in the last five to ten years, sci-fi-wise. Looper. And, which led to Ryan Johnson, the director. Right. Giving us the best sci-fi Star Wars film. Of course. Oh, yeah. Same I really, year. I really like Looper. I think Looper, the concept of, because again, I I love. It was done unconventionally, and that's what I loved about it. And I love hard sci-fi, like where it's like thoughts of like, okay, if you can time travel, there's a concept of right. There's assassins who kill people by taking them to a different time period, so they're not they're not they're not known to be missing. Right. And then what if you were sent to go back in time to kill yourself? Exactly. You know, like it's like a hitman. It, not only that. Not Hitman story, but it's like a protagonist-focused story on the yeah. protagonist. Yeah. And it's like, you don't get an antagonist. The antagonist is a protagonist. And people don't realize... Um, <laughs> it's so focused, man. It's also, so smart. It's a very smart... Did you smart realize movie. that um, they put prosthetics on Joseph Gordon-Levitt to look like more like Bruce Willis? Yeah. They had prosthetics on his face yeah. and his chin and his nose. Because they didn't want... They wanted him to feel as practical as possible yeah. and not as digital as possible. I love that movie. That movie's really good. Looper. Yeah. Looper is actually definitely part of it. Chronicle, but everybody loves no, that. No, Chronicle, yeah. I think Chronicle kind of got attention. Dread. Dread was great. Same year. Dread. Dread was great. Alex uh, Garland's ghost-directed first film, apparently. Yes, he, yes. That is his first movie, apparently, guys. With Carl Urban. A lot of people don't realize, like, a lot of people's introduction or knowledge of Judge Dread is through the Stallone movie, right? Right, right, right. And they don't know that in the comics... Dread, Judge Dredd never shows his face. He's always ever only masked. You never mm-hmm. know what he looks like. He's kind of like Master Chief. Mm-hmm. So when Carl Urban, he was a fan of the comics, when he said yes, he said, as long as I never remove my helmet. And the whole movie, you never see his face. Never. You know, and that's, and that's just, what I love about it. And it's like a self-contained... plays all of it. <laughs> and what I love about, also about that movie is that you get these kind of high-concept movies, but keep it a self-contained story. Right. You know, it's like it happens all in one. It's almost like The Raid. It's in one building, and they're just making their way through. And I thought it was a great movie. Right. People want a sequel. I I would love a sequel with them, and I would love a sequel with Alice Garden involved. Yeah, fully involved uh, as a director. Yeah, for sure. Um, other films released that year were like John Carter was shocked, sucked. <laughs> John Carter. Battleship, Total Recall remake, Battleship. Cloud Atlas, which I loved, but. Oh. I don't like that. I personally think it's a masterpiece, but like we'll move on from that. Like that. Pacific Rim. Total Recall remake actually was... was decent. It wasn't a bad movie. It'd be a nah, good... it was like, decent. I thought it was decent. I feel like if you can watch it at home, you might find fun yeah. in it. I think yeah, I think the original is no. still better. I love the original Total Recall yeah. with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Who directed that one? Was that still Paul... Um, was that Paul Verhoeven or no? No, no, no. With somebody else, right? I, I have no idea who did that one. But it's fun. With Colin Farrell? But Colin Farrell, that was um Len Wiseman. Also oh, the original. the original. Oh, the original. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it was. We think it was Paul Harper. Yeah, yeah, he did Robocop. But I know Len Wiseman did the remake. Yeah, the he remake. He did a solid job. Did- I actually am not. I actually, I just want to say I'm one of the only people that actually enjoy Live Free or Die Hard. <laughs> oh, God. Live Free or Die Len Hard. Len Wiseman's it's, Live Free or Die Hard. Just a sidetrack. That's just like a... <laughs> A fun popcorn flick that has no business being a Die Hard movie. That's what I read. Yeah, you know, like, better than Die Hard Five. <laughs> if we're talking modern Die Hard movies, that's definitely at the top of the heap. Yeah, for sure. 
yeah. um, we digress. Gravity, 2013. I think that got attention. That got Oscar buzz. I feel like that got enough attention. Okay, so if we're talking underrated, did you like Oblivion? Oblivion had a lot of potential. It just didn't do much with it. And it was a very pretty movie. No, I mean, I feel like Joseph Kaczynski can really bring the visual eye. Yes. And um, it just needed a tighter script. I feel. Yeah. It just he needed. needed he, they needed a, a stronger writer. Yeah. I, I, I kind of felt like it was cheap when the twist came in. Yeah. That it would. They. Uh, spoiler, obviously, but he was a twin. Yeah. I. I like you could have, you could have given that to us in such yeah. a more powerful like, way. Like it was beautiful, but I honestly I felt bored the entire yeah, time. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Because imagine um, Nolan had that concept. I know. Kaczynski, <laughs> he's still the great He's another person that I think has a lot of he potential. Needs, he just needs stronger writing. Stronger I mean, he's writing. doing, he's doing uh, what's it called? Uh, Top Gun 2. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's I mean, let's see. Yeah, so this we'll is see. his only one in between uh, Tron Legacy and Top Gun. So uh, Tron. I would does, does, Tron, does Tron count? Tron Legacy count? And I think it does count. I think it does count. Too. I think it does count. I, I mean, like under- it has been 10 more- years since, since Tron Legacy. No, and I think that's underrated as well. And underrated I, sci-fi. yeah, if you haven't seen Tron Legacy, please. Oh, that's a great If you've never seen movie. the first one, still see Tron Legacy and still see the first one. Yes. Tron Legacy um, has it's, so much to it that I could talk about the Tron universe seriously. for hours. But just quick thoughts. I think it's, I think it's perfect for a film that's a sequel to a film that happened twenty years before. I think it's perfect the way it happens. I think, I think that the the way it's presented is amazing. It's very nuanced and very new age. I think Kaczynski for being a first time director on a major budget Disney movie does a great job. I think that getting Daft Punk in for the music it complements the fact of the first film. I just think there's a lot of and the visuals, man. Th- Blow my mind dude, every time I watch it. I own dude, the Blu-ray. And that's not even talking about everything else. Like, if we're talking visuals, like, just a lot of people say that the story is hollow, and I don't no. believe that. I think the story is very like God and Devil, Angel, Devil S. It's a creation. Like, I feel yeah, like there's just a lot. It's a lot of nuance dude. to it that I feel like a lot of people didn't get to begin with. And, uh, and Ra- Raven's calling me back. Okay, Raven. Raven, tell us how much you love trying to see. What? Can you hear me? Carlos and I are recording a podcast about little known or lesser known sci-fi films and we're talking about movies that we like. One of them is Tron Legacy. Oh, Tron Legacy is awesome. Right? Right? Tell us. And also, um, uh, what was the other one again? Uh, Real Steel. Real Steel. Tell us I about love Real that Steel. Movie. Right? right? Tell us, man. Wow, I gotta rewatch that one. It's been a while. You're, you're on podcast right now, by the way. We're recording you. Huh? You're on the podcast right now. Folks. Yeah. What so, up, Ray? Do you have another? Do you have another like lesser known sci-fi film that you want to recommend that not many people talk about? Lesser known sci-fi film that not many people talk about: The Explorers. What's that? <laughs> what the hell is what that? What the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? <laughs> nah, this movie from when I was a kid. That's like almost exactly like The Goonies, except in space. Does this? Does <laughs> the, like whoa! Kids. Here we go. Zathura. Does that count? Zathura definitely counts. Zathura was, was a John Favreau. It was like the indirect Jumanji sequel in space. Oh, wow. Word. Yeah. I'm oh. trying to think there's like, there's other sci-fi movies that I love that I just can't. They're caught me on a flight. Ravy, did I watch, was, that, was it you I watched um, Battle LA with? Oh, I love Battle of LA. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one good. saw that movie. <laughs> 
That was dope movie. Right? Only two people that saw that, but that one's not a sci-fi, is it? Was that Alien? Yeah, it's Alien no, Invasion. That was sci-fi. You're yeah. I forgot. I just knew that. Was it something Erickson? Aaron 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 Eckhart. Aaron Eckhart. Yeah, Aaron Eckhart. He was a beast in that movie. Isn't yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy? Yeah. Yeah, that was like my favorite movie I've ever seen him in. Right? That movie's so dope. Yeah, that movie's awesome. X Machina is another one. No, Raven, did you, um, did you see X Machina yet? What? Did you see X Machina? No, I keep meaning to. Oh, you need to watch that. That movie's dope. Um, I don't know. I don't know if this. I mean, I guess it got a claim, but I don't know if everyone else has seen it. Arrival. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, no. Arrival definitely a must must watch. That definitely got a claim. Like it got, though. you know, like yeah. granted, it got critical acclaim, but yeah. I don't know yeah. if regular folks have seen it. You know, it's like the general public. Yeah. Has right. seen that movie, but if not, that is hands down my favorite in- invasion movie ever. Do you know what doesn't get enough attention, Raven? I know you agree with me. Or gets shit on more than it should. Terminator Salvation. Oh, fuck out of here. like, yo, why do people hate that movie? No, like, no, I, no. I feel like that's a solid. Right I feel like now. that's a solid. That was an enjoyable <laughs> this call I think that's right an enjoyable, now. fun movie Turn for what it is. Salvation was trash. <laughs> I feel like those same people will, like, accept Terminator 3. Well, Carlos likes Terminator 3 and hates Salvation. See, I told you, I told you. The only people that don't like Salvation like 3. I don't know characters anybody likes. Oh my god. What is it? Claire Homegirl? Kate Dunn? Claire Dane? Kate Dunn. Claire Raven, you were a fan of Super 8, right? Oh, yeah. Super yeah, 8 Super... was awesome. Super... I love that movie. Wow, I know, no right? one's seen that movie. I know. The Martian. Everyone saw The Martian. I feel like it Did got, it? It got like, Oscar buzz. None of y'all like Chappie. Did it? What, The Martian? Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah. It did. I didn't, I didn't oh, like Chappie. Raven, did you like Chappie? Oh, Chappie. I wanted I to like, it. I wanted oh, to like it. I thought it was cool. I didn't, no, I don't I think didn't so. hate I like it. I liked the other one. District 9. The first one he made. Yeah. District 9. There yeah. we go. District that one was great. Sci-fi movie not many people talk about. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a great one. Yeah, a lot of people haven't seen that one, I don't think. Right. That was yeah. really good. Max, we, we, like, mentioned, um, we mentioned Dread as well. Oh, yeah. Both, actually. Both Dread movies. I, I legitimately enjoyed both of them. Like, the original, you know, is always going to be my favorite because it's in both, but... <laughs> wow. Um, right. The new one was cool, too, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Raven. Yeah. All right. Thank you for right, uh, tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your podcast. Awesome. Peace. Appreciate you. Peace. Bye, guys. Dude, Midnight Special, please tell me because up until this point, guys, I didn't even know David watched this. So uh, no. Um, I'm about to hear uh, his experience. Midnight Special. All I'll say is I really enjoyed it, and I'm not going to talk about it until you see Wind River. So. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Whoever's not even a sci-fi movie. I don't care. I don't care. But I've been waiting on you to see Midnight Special though. Is is a fantastic. Please go see it. It is like probably my top five most recommended right now. It's it's another great nuanced sci-fi story. That's more about just the father and son. Yo, you know, and, and everything and, about that film took me away. Yeah, I was really ready. And how like, far you're willing to go to protect. You know, like within this context of sci-fi, and like we've spoken multiple times throughout this podcast, is that we like sci-fi that 
isn't just about being sci-fi. It's the human element. I think for me, my uncle and I, um, we, we bond a lot over sci-fi. Every time I go to Philly, that's all we ever talk about, all the sci-fi shows you watch. Because for me, sci-fi is, I grew up on sci-fi, and I've mentioned many times, it's almost mutually exclusive, the, the, the genre I watch or read. Because yeah. sci-fi tells some of the most human stories. Because you have opportunities to really tell, magnify these human um, um, narratives that you don't really pay attention to. Now you're forced to because the lens has changed, you know, which is sci-fi. And I love that. Um, be it a love story, be it a story about father and son, be it, you know, horror, comedy. It, these things are enhanced with sci-fi. Um, what else do we have? Um, would you count Ender's Game as an underrated <sighs> sci-fi movie? Ender's Game... If Raven was still on the phone, she would say, hell yeah. And <laughs> this game is so underrated. Um, I've read the books. It's a series of books. And Marvel did a couple of comics, I, which I forced Raven to watch before the movie came out. And the movie's done so well. I think, um, in fact, that movie almost got um, the kid the role of Spider-Man. What's mm-hmm. his name? He's got one of those weird names. But it's the same dude. Asia Butterfield. Asia Butterfield. Who's yeah. Hugo. Yep, yes. Yep, 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 yep. Hugo's another one. You could technically say it's sci-fi. It's sci-fi it's fantasy. Sci-fi? I feel like because it's a robot, right? It's a sci-fi fantasy element. It's like a mixture of both. But Ender's Game, yeah, I think it's a great story that shows this the weight of the world on this kid. And the stories, the the book story has so much depth to it. I think the, right. the, 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 the movie does a great job of kind of highlighting that and showing, visualizing that. Um, I think some people don't like it because they don't realize that the whole story takes place before a battle. Right. It's not about the battle, so it's more, it should be slower moving movie. Um, I thought it was fantastic. No, 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 not the same thing. I thought that was probably the best uh, young adult ish yeah. movie that was based mm. on like a young adult uh, book franchise. Yeah, yeah. I thought that Ender's Game was probably the best adaptation that I had seen from that whole like circle or the whole movement of, oh, let's put young adult movies mm. out into the stratosphere and i think that came just before that big big push for it right like yeah. young adult it came just I before think it came like in between i think it was like in between twilight and like divergent and a yeah, lot of yeah. people were just like oh another one Let's yeah yeah, yeah. It. True, true true but it was still really well made especially for that director having made the wolverine before that not the wolverine X-Men Origins Wolverine. Oh. That was his first... That was the last film he did before Ender's Game. Oh, yeah? And I feel like he righted, oh. he righted his uh, director's jail sentence <laughs> with, with that film. Um, so we're going to move on to Underrated. Oja, did you think that was... Um, Oh yeah, but I think that, that I think that got a lot of attention because it was a ne- it was like a huge Netflix push. It was one of those Netflix okay. movies that everyone was like, "Oh, you should watch that." All right, what about a Power Rangers remake? Um, that sci-fi ish. People I, got love off of that. I think oh. I think fans of the franchise watched it and loved it. Okay, I don't about, think you got any how extra. About fans. Bright, Bright. We've had a whole podcast about Bright. <laughs> Bright. Oh yeah, we did. We yes, did. Uh, I wasn't in it, but yes, we've done a whole podcast. What happened on Monday? That's a great movie. Actually, no. That's a good movie. I wouldn't say great. I think it, could, it had potential. It's underrated sci-fi. Nobody's seen them. It is underrated. Monsters. What's Monsters? But uh, Gareth Edwards. Oh, first film. I haven't seen that one. But what? Monsters yep. is dope. 2010. I really like Monsters a lot. Cloverfield? Uh, everyone is saw that. that. Is that no, I think, I, think, I think everyone saw Cloverfield that wanted to see Cloverfield. Word. It's at Cloverfield Lane, though. Mm. That was a good one. I think a lot of people didn't see that one. Snowpiercer. Oh. 
I think people. I think that doesn't get enough. Amazing, doesn't get enough bro. love. Snowpiercer was amazing. Chris Evans showing his acting chops. Snowpiercer was amazing. That's such a great movie. That's, I, I honestly feel like that film was a masterpiece. Yep. Um, can't say enough great things about Snowpiercer. We talked about The Martian already. Yeah, you mentioned The Martian. Interstellar. Yeah, I think that got the. I think I'm pretty sure Interstellar got love. Except for the Academy. Lucy. <laughs> Shut up. We don't talk about Lucy. Uh, about our origins are, whoa, all right, piece somebody's shit, extreme with Lucy over here calling it a piece of shit. I mean, shit. god damn, dumb, man, it's not that bad. It was entertaining. Dumb. I mean, she does, shit. She does a dumb, dumb drive at the end. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> damn, I really wish Tomorrowland was better. And I know. It, and it could be on this list, but it's, it, it's not. I'm sorry. Sorry, Tomorrowland. Should have been. Pixels was cool. I like mm, Pixels. That should have been in Netflix. Yeah, but it was still good. If it was on Netflix, it honestly would have been a bigger hit. But now, compared to everything else he puts out on Netflix, it's actually bad. Hmm. Like Pixels looks like a classic compared to everything else he puts <laughs> out on Netflix. Like that was probably the last decent film that Sandler dropped for Columbia Pictures. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. Because I actually enjoyed Pixels a lot, and I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Anything recently we saw? I mean, I thought Kim was okay, but what, what's a, what's the last great sci-fi movie that you think you saw in theaters? How about that? Let's talk about that. In theaters, the last great sci-fi. Yeah, last great sci-fi movie you think you saw in theaters? Probably Arrival. Really? If we don't count like franchise movies like The Avengers and all that stuff, like just original, I just guess. Just original sci-fi. So you didn't like Annihilation? I thought it was fine. I'll never watch it again. Well, I'm hoping Belita Angel later this year. I am. Me up. I am hoping for that. I liked Upgrade. I will say that I did like Upgrade. Never watched that again either. And I'll just skip I, to the action scenes. But I did like Upgrade. But I guess the last one would be... Let me see. Let me go through this. Mm. Repo Man. Blade Runner. Blade Runner was good. That was last year. Yeah. Repo Man. Repo Man was dope too. Yeah. But if we're going to say Repo Man, I'll just say Interstellar. No, but Interstellar got attention. Repo Man, nobody knew about that movie. People are still, people listen to this and like, well, what's Repo Man? We get to be like, oh, that Jude Law movie. I mean, we briefly discussed Repo Man, but Repo Man is dope. I know, I'm saying it's, it's really... what I'm saying is people would know of Interstellar. They wouldn't know of Repo Man. Right. Because Interstellar has the cloud of Nolan. All right, well, for me, the last, the last great sci-fi film I saw that took me away was probably Ex Machina. Um, was that after or before Arrival? That was before Arrival. Arrival yeah. was 2016. I think Ex Machina was 2015. Yeah. yeah, for me, Arrival. I think that was like the last like hard like sci-fi that was just like, wow. Actually, no. I scratched that. Arrival and Midnight Special were in the same year. Yeah. So Midnight Special, I would say over Arrival for me personally. I like I liked Arrival I was because I liked Arrival because again it takes that notion of what kind of stories can sci-fi tell to another level where it's like okay we're gonna tell the story of how language creates perception right through the use of language of this character learning this language no, and I... we the way the 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 story is given to us. Is through how she perceives the language. I totally agree. Fantastic. I agree that it's a great take on the 
you know, language is foreign concept hmm. and how that plays into if aliens would come here. Hmm. And then obviously my side would be, I love what Midnight Special did with the whole concept of sci-fi and a grounded reality. Hmm. Like we have seen it done different ways at that point. Midnight Special again came out in that same year, which was 2016. So at that point, we have seen a lot of stories that gave us sci-fi and a grounded reality that had to deal with, you know, cops coming and even like Cloverfield, like if a monster's attacking. I feel like this was the perfect, intimately told sci-fi film hmm. where it's like, oh, it's a kid with powers, but yet we're shuttling him. It becomes a road movie, but you don't know his his um his origin until the end and even when you know his origin it doesn't feel like a surprise that's probably my favorite sci-fi film that has come out recently that i'm really impressed by 2016 midnight special we, we missed one which one edge of, edge of tomorrow okay yes that is another underrated movie very underrated definitely throw my hat into the ring for i mean we mentioned the director's previous movie no who did that one that was no that, no, was, that was doug Lyman. No, doug Lyman. yeah doug Lyman, man he needs to do more movies. He did Jumper as well, yes. which honestly, even though Hayden Christensen sucks as an actor, I thought Jumper was cool too. Actually, speaking of Jumper, side note, he actually directed episodes of the Jumper um, YouTube Red series. Right. Because he. It's called again. Uh, it's called uh, shit. Pulp. Is, Pul- it, uh, is it Pulse? No, it's not. No, 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 it's not Pulse. Something else. Something along the along the lines. Impulse. Impulse. There yeah, you go. it's called Impulse. That was it. I knew something close. And yeah. so it's almost like he, he had a redo because he had issues when he was doing the Jumper um, movie. There was a lot of script changes yeah, and blah, studio, studio interference. Yeah. And, and so this is him doing it again. And so definitely check that out. But um, Edge of Tomorrow or something, which um, should have been Edge called Live, Die, Repeat, that should have been the name because um, it would have made more sense. Is a great Tom Cruise, right? It's a great Tom Cruise movie where he takes a back seat to a badass Emily Blunt. I think that's also kind of was part of the Tom Cruise era that led to the Tom Cruise Mission Impossible uh, Rogue Nation and Fallout. Right. You know, and um, where he took the back seat to like badass female characters. Right. Um, But I honestly think that maybe she might come back to that. Maybe Emily Blunt. Might, and there's yeah. talk. There's there's talk of. I it. think she'll come back to that and Sicario after Mary Poppins. Yeah, because she she'll blow up again. Yeah, and then she'll be a, a face. And I, a quiet I, place too. Yes. <laughs> I mean, um, that's what it is. I'd, I'd love to see Emily Blunt come back because Edge of Tomorrow is a great movie, and that's yes. another great movie that kind of like Source Code, where it had video game sensibilities of you get to get to have another try, another try. Agreed. I think gamers can kind of relate to that. Another one that, for me, is one of my favorite sci-fi movies of the last 10 years, uh, Her with Hawking Phoenix. Yes. Um, I always complain, and this can be a podcast on all of its own, that modern sci-fi likes to show the future in this negative spotlight, that technology and all that kind of stuff is going to end up being the, the end of us. And gone are the days of like the 60s and 70s where sci-fi was used as a way to give us hope for this is what we could be. This is what inspired people like Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, Bill Nye, Science Guy. They watched these kind of the home of the future, the world of the future uh, films and content that led them to want to create that 
positive future. Now everything's just like we're gonna get killed by robots, or the future's gonna kill us. They're gonna take over because you know, yeah, exactly. So now we have this kind of view of technology that it's going to, it can only kill us. And I think her was a great example of a positive side of how technology and AI can help people. Right. Yeah, and I think first time I've seen it, but positive. Yeah, exactly. You know, like there's actual real research going on today where how do you use AI and robotics to help people who have um, uh, mental mental disabilities? You know, like older people who 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 have Alzheimer's and they need companionship. They're having like robot companions that can talk to them and and help them. And her kind of plays with this kind of stuff, like the psychological aspect of it. And it's such a fantastically well done movie. Is it Spike Jones? Her is Spike Jones. Yeah, it's such a beautiful cool. movie. Shot beautifully. And um, just a great story. And I love it. Highly recommended. Check out her. Did we say, did we talk about Ex Machina? Yes, we did. Well, we mentioned it. We didn't, I don't know if we talked about I it. Mean, but same year as that, just tomorrow. Just saying. Great movie. Alice Garland. Um, that one also plays on some of the fears of AI. But I think this one's done really well. Ex Machina. Oh, absolutely. I think that's a, that's another sci-fi classic that I feel like people haven't watched that they should actually check out. Um, Ex Machina is just brilliant in every way. You do not see anything that's coming. Even mm-hmm. though it's a typical story of how maybe a, a, a creator created a machine, it just goes very left in very interesting ways and in very thought-provoking ways. And I feel like anybody that's ever had a curiosity about technology in the real world should have a uh a, a liking and a hearkening to that film mm. especially because it also has like a social media aspect right yeah where it's like oh my god like you're the giant engineer at you know mm. insert blank facebook google <laughs> oh we're gonna give you the ultimate like company thing you get to see steve jobs who creates yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who create who's creating something insane beyond your level and then you're just like oh my god like people get to go here all the time i wonder it's almost like a willy wonka ish thing mm. also and that's what i love about it like you get the the but it's so intimate it's not it's not very big budgeted it's no. like a a modern social media inspired as take on willy wonka for technology yeah I, I love that and and the fact that it turns out again just like in Willy Wonka it turns out in the most unexpected of ways than the protagonist and the, the message isn't computers are evil right and that's, that's a- another ex- exactly that's another example why I love it in terms of like sci-fi movies that hmm. been released just like you said with the previous film it's not a film that necessarily tells you that it's evil it just tells you that you know maybe every being that is living has a mind of its own yep. and maybe we're not appreciating that mm-hmm. as much as we would like to ride it mm-hmm. you know but yeah machina, totally if we didn't talk about that before that's a total 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 recommendation immediately that's like one of my top five films probably show to people if yeah. they wanted to ask me about sci-fi movies i would show them ex machina off the bat mm. any more do you have any i can't more? think of anything off head um, I feel like everything else has probably been like loved yeah, by the yeah. public. Uh, I can't think of anything else that's like super, super like underrated or underappreciated. Mm. Big Hero Six is underappreciated, but you don't love it. But other people don't love it. I don't understand. It's, it's cool. Yeah, you think it's terrible. It's fine. It's not, it's not good. <laughs> it's, not a good it's all what it is. Like it's okay. We talking about Neil Blomkamp. 
Elysium is okay, I feel. Chappie's okay, I feel. Even though District 9 is his best work, don't get it wrong. Hmm. But those are both following sci-fi works that are decent. Yeah, they're decent. I guess they're decent enough for a watch. Decent enough for a watch. Like at-home watch. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's like the greatest, but it's decent enough. Would you count... um, What did you think... don't go into it because we're going to go into it in the, next, in the next podcast. But what did you think of Predators, Adrian Brody, briefly? Because that's, I would say that's sci fi. Okay. It was cool. Yeah. It wasn't bad. Mm. It was decent. I, I don't think that, I feel like that director is actually like decent somehow. I don't know yeah. why. Um, he has a really foreign last name, but um, nah, it's decent. Um, and I wouldn't I actually that's one for surprise they, they're giving us another one so soon because yeah. I felt like that one was decent hmm. so anyway, find out more on our next podcast where we're going to talk where? about the Predator franchise Carlos and I are going to re-watch uh, Predator 1 Predator 2 and Predators we're not going to watch any of the Alien vs. Predator movies <laughs> get the fuck out of here none of that nonsense they don't count and um, we're going to watch the new movie, The Predator, and we're going to talk about the whole franchise. And uh, if it's good, probably do a spoiler talk on The Predator as well. Probably. Yeah. We're going to talk about probably uh, sci-fi characters that have been lending to franchises. Yeah. And see how well that does. Okay. I mean, we'll figure it out. We'll figure see. it out. Sounds right. interesting, though. Did you guys like any of our decisions? Did you miss anything out? Let us know. Info at thenerdybunch.com. Carlos. Thank you for being here as always. Of course, anytime. Thank you guys for listening. My name is English Dave and this has been a Nerdy Bunch Rooftop Talk. Keep it nerdy. Nerdy.